What's up, fight fans? You are listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest and greatest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Tuesday, April 2nd. We are officially done with my favorite month of March, unfortunately. That doesn't mean the fights don't st- stop rolling. My name is Gabriel. You can find me on social media at WG on TV. I am joined by my lovely co-host, Miss Natalie Zamudio. Hey, Gabriel, what's going on? What's up, buddy? I'd love to tell you we got fights on Saturday, but for the first time, I think since about, what is it, late January, the TJ Henry fight, no UFC and no Bellator. What are we going to do? Well, I mean, I'm going to rest a little. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to watch BKFC, so... (laughs) I mean, they had a little bit of a... Something happened in New York today, right? I mean, I heard Artem and Polly Malinaji had a friendly conversation. Yeah, we call it conversation, something like that. Uh, somebody got yeah. slapped, and uh, I was going to watch anyway, but now I definitely want to watch. <laughs> did he give him the three-piece and the soda, or did he no. give more like a full meal? Not quite, man, not quite. This was like off the dollar menu. Um <laughs> He's got to work on his, uh, on his, uh, on his, uh, on his slaps and, uh, he's got the verbal stuff down, but that was kind of weak. So we'll see. The the funniest part, you watch that clip and you got rumble one hand. He's holding Polly. The other hand, he hasn't stopped recording. Didn't stop recording. I was very impressed with uh, that. I saw something that said like rumble is a good example of when you can't have any nonsense, but your Instagram isn't going to feed itself. <laughs> that one. Um, I saw that. Yeah. It, was, it was some funny stuff. And uh, yeah, they had uh, quite the event. They, Hey, but they're not fighting each other. What yeah. the heck, dude? I, I mean, mean you know. I think probably BKFC, Dave Feldman, he's probably hoping with all his heart that Artem wins so that they can make this match and it's meaningful because if Artem loses, it's not that interesting it's, anymore. Well, I mean, it's kind of like, put it this way, if you're tuning in on Saturday to watch them fight, this is kind of anticlimactic, <laughs> if we're being honest. Yeah. But, um, I, no, look, <laughs> uh, I mean, we, we, we can, we'll get back to it. Sure. Guys, um, we do still have a fight night to break down. Um, then we could talk a lot more Polly and Artem, which of course is exactly what fans tune in for, right? Um, talking about it, UFC Philadelphia, they made their, no, not debut, but the first time in quite a while. And they had a very exciting main event. Natalie, I wanted to point out, I called it, <laughs> I called it late Thursday. I said, I'm rolling the dice. I'm putting my money down. Justin Gaethje gave me the first round knockout for the win. Break this one down for me. Okay, first is congratulations. Um, you, you definitely called it. You said it was your heart pick, but you're going with it anyway. I think you can consider this a belated birthday present from Justin Gaethje. Um, I was <laughs> I was really impressed with Gaethje, actually. Uh, if you listen to his post-fight interviews, it's clear that he restructured his fight style after those two losses, you know, to Alvarez and Poirier, respectively. He fought really smartly on Saturday, and he was still able to put on a, a heck of a show. He brawled a little, but he backed up when he needed to to avoid getting starched, and then he starched Barboza. So it was super exciting. I was impressed. To me now, he's the number one player in the 155 division. I want to see him fight Khabib. 
you know, of course, depending on the timing, he should get the winner of, you know, Max, Dustin, or Khabib, whichever comes first. But to me, he has to be the next in line for a shot at the belt. Big words. I don't know if I'm there <laughs> just yet. As much as I love my man, Justin Gaethje, fans who've been listening know that, uh, you know, look, I'm with it. I am all for Justin Gaethje. He is must-see television. To me, um, the biggest thing for Barbosa, he kept trying to swing haymakers on Justin. And in my mind, I was like, dude, straight down the middle. Seriously, just straight down the middle. Yeah. That is literally the wide, the biggest opening Justin leaves every time. And look, I get it. It's easy for me to say that when I'm, you know, watching as a spectator. But I feel like you have the reach, you have the speed, you have the power. That was it. But I think he just got drawn into trying to swing, you know, land those big haymakers the way Justin was thrown back at him. Um, they traded kicks for a minute. Um, that was a little unexpected, but. You know, just the high volume in the first, like, 30 seconds. I personally feel like that was just the wrong strategy. I feel like Edson got a little too caught up in trying to do what he usually did rather than make the adjustment. Gaethje's coming forward. You don't have his respect yet. So, you know, maybe save some of those until he's stopped right in front of you a little more. But look, it only lasted about two, two and a half minutes. You know, that's very quick, especially in the world of MMA. So I think that was just the heat of the battle. He wanted a firefight with Gaethje, and he just got on the losing side of it. Um, I'm with you. I think this is big momentum. However, I just don't think that this one, when you're coming off the loss to both Eddie and Dustin, I know he had James Vick in there. I just don't see Justin at the top four, top three yet. I personally think that what's next for him should actually be the winner of Cowboy and Ayakinta. I feel like when you think about what's going on with Habib, he's talking about September. If not that, then you think that for sure he's going to do Madison Square Garden in November. Okay, he's most likely going to fight the winner of Max and Dustin. Tony Ferguson is still out there, so you don't know how that's going to shake up in terms of 2020, in my opinion. But if I, for my money, I feel like if you put the winner of Gaethje and Cowboy Nayakinta, that winner then sets themselves up for a title shot, depending on what's going on with Tony Ferguson, or maybe that's a title eliminator while we wait. But I think that just the state of things, that Justin still is unfortunately one or two away from said title shot. As much as I love him and as much as a fun fight I think it would be, with him versus anybody, Connor, Habib, Tony, Dustin, Max, I think it'd be great. I just don't think that the calendar is working in his favor for that title shot. Yeah, man, that totally makes sense. Justin Gaethje told, uh, certainly romanced me and got me on. Uh, I always liked him, but now I'm full on Team Gaethje. So uh, I would still like to see him get the shot. But when you lay it out like you do, um, you know, yeah, he's got a lot of big, big hitters still in front of him. But we'll see what happens. I will say this, the one that bothers me right now, or I, I don't want to use the word bother because he is getting help and all that, um, more the fact that I don't know how you're going to reintegrate him a third time is Tony Ferguson. Because let, let's be honest, it would be just too easy if Justin versus Cowboy Ikinta and then Habib's just fighting the winner of Max and Dustin and it's straightforward. Tony is so popular, but then I feel like even if he... 
someone's going to be the odd person out because I feel like you're going to try to give Tony either the cowboy eye akin to winner or Justin Gaethje or one of these three is just going to be left out of a matchup. And I really don't know what they're going to do about it. And that's, you know, similar to like we've seen with Dustin Poirier. Like there's a reason why he was talking about it so much because he's such an exciting guy. And it's like, get him a fight already. One of these guys has to be able to sign on the dotted line and give him the matchup. So I feel like Justin Gaethje or Tony is going to be in that same position. They're so popular, but there's just not a matchup to go around or someone's going to be left out. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I think Tony will be the odd man out on this um, because there's no there's no, no sense of, of when his return will be. He's posting things, you know, and it seems like, you know, like personally things are going in the right direction, but we have no clue um, when he'll be ready for the big spotlight again. So, yeah, I think I think he'll be the odd man out. I think it almost to me, I almost don't think about him in, in the you know conversation as pertains to the next quarter or two. I just I think it's safer to not consider him. And then if he pops in, then we'll figure it out. I mean, I think it's going to come down to a matchup. Um, I don't see them giving him Conor McGregor. I can see him maybe getting a loser from Cowboy Iaquinta, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. But that's really the only place I see him going. If you, Or, you know, if you're giving him Justin Gaethje and you're just moving everybody else along, that's that makes it more complicated. So I think it's going to be wait and see, but that's kind of where I only... Until they get that title rolling again and you figure out what's going on, it's still just going to be up in the air. Like, what are they going to pull out of the hat? You know, who's going to actually get a big fight and who's going to kind of be stuck to make a lateral move, you know, until that bigger fight becomes available, I think. And I think that's just all that we can do. And it's yeah. going to be a way to see, unfortunately. Yep. But look, that's a conversation for another day, of course. There were other fights on the card. Big finishes from Josh Emmett. That was exciting. Paul Craig. And, of course, our featured strawweight bout, Karolina Kovalkiewicz against Michelle Watterson. Um, Natalie, for my money, Michelle Watterson, she looked strong. She looked fast. And um, I would argue, I know that Karolina doesn't have the most hype right now coming off the loss to Jessica Andrade. But um, technically speaking, I felt like this was one of her best performances Um in the octagon that we've seen what was your assessment yeah michelle watterson absolutely For, first though i do want to say i am a huge dork so last week we talked about this fight and after a little bit of coaxing uh from you i finally picked a side right i called <laughs> watterson for the win i said via submission which she actually almost got which incredible yep. that she didn't um and then I went online to do my 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 picks for the website, and I for some reason I listed Carolina Kovalkiewicz as my pick. I have no idea why I did that. We just talked about Watterson. That's what I was going for. In any case, you know the five people that saw it uh, think that I picked Carolina, but you know, and our listeners know I picked Watterson. So it was. I mean, I, I think that was your heart telling you something. But go on. I don't know, man. I thought about it too, but when I was watching the fight, like as soon as the fight started, like I literally in my heart, I was just rooting for 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 Watterson. So anyway, <laughs> it was an impressive win, right? Fantastic yes, technical it is. performance. It uh, she, I think she outskilled Carolina like in every round at, at almost almost every moment. I mean, she did get hit a little bit. Her forehead had a, had a couple of bruises and stuff, 
I was proud. I was impressed, especially at the, at the very end of round three when she was like, it seemed to me she was going for a knockout. She was doing those spinning kicks really fast, and you could hear her like screaming with them. I, I think I'm with her. I think she absolutely should get the title shot. She's the bigger name. The story is compelling, you know, w- with it being a rematch against Rose. And and let's be honest, right? Rose and Michelle on a poster, Thug Rose versus Karate Hottie. The two of them doing interviews. They're both so charming in their own way, respectful martial artists. If Rose beats Jessica, I want to see this next fight for the strawweight belt. Of course, I know Tatiana and Nina Ansaroff. Tatiana Suarez really is the biggest threat I see in that division, just literally because she is also like the biggest fighter in that division, size-wise. Um, so who knows what will actually happen, but I think that Michelle Watterson is, as she said, she's been in the top 10 longer. I think, you know, she has the bigger name. It's a it's the more exciting fight to make right now. Right now. Oh my god, Natalie, why do you do this to I me? know, as I said it, I was like, I know Gabriel's going to disagree with me. <laughs> uh, why? We, we've been getting along so well. I'd like to think, you know, our new partnership has been a happy one. We're going well, through that nice honeymoon period where we get along about everything and we're it's on the over. Page. <laughs> and now we get to the reality of our relationship that we're not going to agree on everything. Um... Uh, when going back to it, I think that Michelle, she one, she was faster, but two, she held her own with a striker who we know, you know, has popped. Uh, Carolina yeah. is a dangerous fighter on the feet for sure. So the, all that impressive, um, comprehensive game. She used her striking and her ground game to get that victory. Uh, so I'm with you on there in terms of her performance. I think to me, and it, Goes back to it. And I, I feel like people are going to think I hate on Watterson. I don't, guys. I really don't. I, I'm on the train just like everybody else. I think she's a great ambassador for the sport. And I think she's a terrific fighter. Love her story. I just feel like that would be disrespectful to the momentum right now that is behind these girls like Tatiana, like Nina Ansaroff. Carolina is a great opponent. She's not Claudia Gadea. She's not, you know, some of these fighters that these other women have gone up against. And I heard her. She addressed that on Helwani's show yesterday. And, you know, for the record, you know, I'll give her credit. She has faced the bigger names so far in the division. I'm not going to knock that one. But she also has two losses. You know, that's something that Tatiana hasn't had to deal with. And I think that Tatiana or Nina, with the momentum coming off the win over the other, I got to say that that kind of by the numbers gives the victor gives the nod for a title shot to me. That's it personally. Now, I agree with you. Promotion wise, marketing wise, it's Michelle Watterson's fight to lose. I mean, uh, Nina Ansaroff, I hate to say it, but many people still kind of just view her as Amanda Nunez's girlfriend. That's not fair. You beat fighters like Angela Hill. Ronda Marcos, Claudia Gadea, you should be getting a lot more respect than you are. But, you know, marketing-wise, I get it. I mean, Karate Hottie, she was in the ESPN magazine. They did the feature on E60. They've, you know, she's done a lot of stuff. So I get where you're coming from. But for the numbers, to me, the level of competition, it really still should be going to the Tatiana Nina winner, in my opinion. Yeah, I hear you. That's that's the fair 
that's the fair promotional matchup to make. Hundred percent. If you're going by yeah. the rankings, that's fair. Yeah, I guess I so- don't. I don't think that way. <laughs> like as no, a fan, it's, a- it's not what I want to see. But I can't and be I'm- mad at it because I always I complain about. Yeah, the UFC. Like sometimes I feel like they're not fair, and they are making these silly, just like marketing. Um, this, these matchups based on like what sells versus what's right. So I criticize them for that sometimes, and and in this case, I'm actually rooting against my own normal wishes. But oh well. <laughs> but wait, uh, I I think to me, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't want us to get too far ahead because it's still early April, so I don't want us to start picking Jessica versus Rose yet. But um, I feel like just if Rose holds. It's hard for me to get pumped up because I felt like Rose really had her way with Michelle Waterson, too. I and know, as good did. as Michelle looked, I can't say that she's that complete new fighter that got me, gets me amped up that she's going to be able to change things up against Rose Namajunas. Particularly a Rose who would be coming off a win over Jessica and Joanna back to back. Yeah, no, it's me. Totally true. Uh, Watterson has improved leaps and bounds since that performance, but you you phrased it well. She's she's not she's still not a um that much better that she would could perform like she couldn't perform like a hundred percent new fighter against Rose. I guess is what I'm trying to say. No, I get it. But look, we'll wait and see. Also, injuries. I mean, Tatiana or Nina could come out, destroy the other like a beast, call out um somebody. Somebody trips and falls, and suddenly it's Michelle Waterson anyway. I mean, that's really, we've seen crazier things. So I don't think it's out of the question, but I do think that Michelle, at the very least, isn't more than just one more fight off from a title shot. Probably even, you know, maybe Joanna Yo and Jaychik. I've heard that one thrown out. Maybe the loser of Rose and Jessica. I, I don't disagree with that either. I don't think that she's far off, and she could fight for the title, you know, end of this year early next year if she keeps winning so i will put that out there i do think that she is setting herself up for that kind of matchup yeah my fear is that she fights somebody who's not the champion and then loses and then also loses her momentum and i think partially that's why i want her to get that shot just so she can at least have had it um you know because she is well she's still young but but you know like rose is like only 23 or something so and she's just so much shorter and smaller than them. She's bulked up, obviously added a lot of muscle. And if you heard her interviews, she's like sparring with her husband at 100%. I mean, that's great training. I asked my boyfriend if I could do that to him, and he hasn't gotten back to me yet. So we'll see. <laughs> he hasn't ghosted you yet. Like, oh, man, what did I give myself into? Yeah, he's like, I'll think I about thought, it. <laughs> I thought she was just going to be reporting. Now she's talking about lacing up the gloves. Yeah, I know. He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I tease that kid. Uh, no, I mean, um, I, I think, look, it's a, it was a great story. I, I like that uh, Carolina apparently was trying to buy Girl Scout cookies for Michelle's daughter and she apparently gave her a scarf and all that from Poland. I thought, look, it's all great. I think it's a great story. It's certainly refreshing after all of the, you know, Connor and Habib style rivalry. Oh, man, they hate each other. Just like these guys hated each other, et cetera, et cetera. I like it. I think it was good. Um, but look, it was a great card. A lot of fun stuff. A lot of fun finishes for a night of MMA and few hours later in the middle of the night or you know <laughs> early morning 
if you're that kind of person. One championship, a new era. So you and I were at their media workout in Los Angeles recently. And um, look, the fights came on. Um, I, I guess, how do I sum this up? They're jumping into a very crowded MMA market. And I think that if the zone, if UFC weren't already, you know, in full steam ahead, they would be making a lot bigger deal about this because there really were some great fights for Sunday night. But what about for you as a whole? What did you think of one championship and everything that they put on? Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see one. I feel they are, you know, a legitimate new player in the MMA game. Of course, they're well-established overseas, but excuse me, this was the first card that truly piqued my interest and got me to watch almost the whole thing. I mean, I haven't quite caught up with all of it yet just because of how I, I ended up watching it and, and at different times because it, you know, it aired here at two 30 in the morning. Um, that's but, it was deep. You're not the only one. I'll tell yeah. you that. That sucker was deep. <laughs> I saw, I saw the big ones for sure. I've already seen those, but mm-hmm. I'm still trying to get through the rest. Um, I think they have a real chance to give the UFC a run for its money, but only if they can make a, an impact on, U.S. television, like literally our our televisions and our computer screens. Like you mentioned, the zone, and I wish they had signed with the zone because it would have made that so much easier. As far as I can tell, you can't cast the one app to a TV, or I'm just too much of a grandma to figure out how to do it. You can't watch you can't watch it on your computer. Like you have to do it on the app or through through Bleacher Report Live, which is a subscription platform. Now they did yep. offer that fight free, but it wouldn't be free going forward. And yeah. I, I truly, man, I cannot pay for another month, another monthly fee for MMA or anything mm-hmm. at this point. Like I can't add another subscription service. And so that, that will hinder my ability to watch all of these one fights and like TNT, that's great. But what I noticed is on the replay of a new era, it's like really condensed and it leaves out a lot of the spectacle that, <laughs> that I feel differentiates one from UFC. All of that is cut out. They literally just have the fights they don't even show you the the the, the in ring interview, the in cage interview. So that kind of they need, they need to work on that. I know they want to fit it in like a two hour window, but I would rather see less fights and more of the interviews and the the, the walkouts than than not see that at all because that adds to the show. Um, also, uh, they did do an amazing job to promote the fight, right? Like we were at the event and, and all the interviews yep. and the way they they, they handle their social <laughs> media with the backstories of all these fighters. Um, it is a little bit stressful for me to have to learn like an entire new roster of fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'll ever get there, frankly, especially when the names are a little bit hard to wrap my brain around. Uh, overall, though, I enjoy the fights. Excuse me. Even Eddie Alvarez, despite his loss, he put on a good show. But I thought one thing that really stood out to me was both both Demetrius Johnson and Eddie Alvarez walked away with like legit facial damage especially mm-hmm. Eddie. He has like a split eyelid. And, oh, and yeah. that said to me, you know, one has real competition. It's no joke. And, and they're here to play. So I am excited to see what the future holds for them here in the U.S. Yeah, um, I, you know, echo a lot of that sentiment for sure. I think that it was, um, you know, there's a little bit to be desired. And then it is hard to say, you know, if you're an MMA fan in the United States and, you know, if you want you now for sure, you if you want your UFC, you got to pay. Yeah. Um, just for pay-per-view. If you really want to see, you know, like MVP Paul Daly, 
the Alima McFarlands, the Rory McDonalds. You know, I want to. I don't even know if Gegard Mousasi's fight is going to be on um on the zone or on uh, Paramount here. But look, that that is a real thing. MMA is asking a lot from their fans in terms of paying for stuff. And at a certain point, the bubble will burst. Fans are going to say, I'm not doing it. You know, piracy, illegal streams, that is all a very real part of, you know, 2019 and getting content, whether it's MMA or anything else. So I do think that, you know, at a certain, look, I don't condone it. You know, that's not business. But uh, the fact is, you are asking, you know, a lot out of the MMA fans when, you know, four months ago, you got everything for the price of cable. That yeah. That is a very big thing that, you know, that is a very big shift, mind you. Now, um, in terms of the presentation, uh, I agree with you, the TNT, you know, I think that when you're going to have it in the middle of the night, there's no excuse to not let it breathe. Yeah. But I get it. You know, that's another thing, you know. Hopefully, as it becomes more popular, they start that out also. Um, I give it a B plus for everything. I think that um, <laughs> in terms of the actual show on the app with all the bells and whistles, I thought it was great. I think I'm I more graded on the replay value. That part of it is the only thing. Yeah, that's fair. And also just accessibility. It was harder for me to start and you know browse through the broadcast compared to the zone compared to UFC, um sorry ESPN plus on the competitive side um I like you I noticed that for Demetrius and Eddie Alvarez the thing that a lot of people are gonna have to remember about one FC is the way they do their weight cuts uh-huh. they don't just do one way in you weigh in on the day before and then you have to also do it like the same you know the day of the fight and you can't be like more than 10 pounds over something like that. And the reason they do that is they don't believe in, you know, fighters just draining that last 10 pounds down the stretch and really exhausting yourself. It's more of a safety thing. Many uh, fighters were saying, I wish they adopted it everywhere. I don't disagree when I looked at it. But what it means is Eddie Alvarez, who we know for being at 155, was now fighting at 170. Demetrius, 125, fighting at 135. You ask them to do that UFC Bellator, they'll t- they've said it plenty of times. They're a little more undersized. That's why they always fought th- at these lower weight classes. So I think that's part of it. And uh, to round it out, I think the thing about when you have a one championship, the same way it was for a long time with Bellator, is that UFC is so established with their talent that when you have, you know, before he got to one to UFC, that Eddie Alvarez, Hector Lombard, some of these guys were crushing it in their respective promotion. Then when they came to UFC, they really struggled or they really succeeded. And it's really hard to say because you don't know if it's just a big fish, small pond situation, or are they really just this amazing talent that, you know, hasn't just isn't fighting those big names that the fans are familiar with. So I think that that's the really big part of it. But all of this overall, I think that they are doing exactly what made Bellator so successful in the last two years. They're making themselves appealing to the free agent market. And by breaking into America with Bleacher Report and everything, your fights are still available for your fan base and everyone that you have coming with you if you're coming from UFC or et cetera, or if you're up and coming, you know, 
UFC may not be ready to give you a big, you know, contract, but one FC will. And if it's about making money, there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's a, a great option now, like a great viable, valuable option for fighters. And, and that's a good thing. No, and it is. In a, look, when is their next event? I want to say it's not even that far off. So I think it's like maybe next weekend. And I let me see. Yeah, I saw it and I was like, I don't know who these guys are, but I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like I said, as it continues to grow, you know, as you see, like when Demetrius fights again, when Eddie, when Sage Northcutt makes his debut, that's going to get the eyeballs rolling. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. The eyeballs, you know, coming back. And I think that's when we'll have a better gauge of exactly what's going on with them. Yeah, looks like next fight is uh, April 12th. Roots of Honor Featherweight World Championship, Nguyen versus Dadamba. <laughs> How do you like that pronunciation? We'll, we'll get there. We will get there. <laughs> There's Natalie. like two don't ways worry. at the end. I don't know. <laughs> One is new to a lot of people in 2019. You're okay. There's just some pronunciations we'll that aren't quite part of my my mental yet. dictionary. Yeah, and I'm working on it. <laughs> you just got the hang of Kovalkiewicz. Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> Okay, no, we'll work on it. But yeah, look, it's good. Look, more MMA for the fans. That's never been a bad thing. And that's why these guys, they do it. Moving on. So there's no fights, but we did have plenty of MMA news to talk about. The big one, another fight added to Independence Weekend at UFC 239. Francis Ngannou taking on Junior Dos Santos. Ngannou back-to-back wins. Curtis Blades and Cain Velasquez. JDS has three, Blagoy Ivanov, and the stoppages of Taitu Ivasa and Derek Lewis. Um, fireworks, guaranteed. Can uh, It's hard for me, unless we literally have another Nganu derek Lewis situation, it's hard to imagine the leather not being thrown in this fight. Let me toss it to you. What do you think? Yeah, man, that's right. I, th- I think this is a scary matchup, actually, <laughs> for JDS. You know, he has great boxing, probably the best, best in the division. Obviously did a great job against Derek Lewis, but Nganu is a different, a different beast. And and he's riding high off his win over Kane. I suspect his confidence is booming. I think that's a dangerous scenario for JDS. I think JDS will have to fight his smart, like have to fight his smartest fight ever just to stay clear of the power of Nganu and and to land his own shots and hopefully outpoint him. Um I was about to say winner of this fight should get a title mm-hmm. shot, but I'm kind of hesitant to say that now. <laughs> just say it. If that's what you feel, just go for it. It, it is what I feel, but it's kind of funny that every 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 uh, every scenario that we've covered here ends with me saying this person should get a title shot. I guess I'm feeling I'm feeling generous this week, <laughs> but I think he should. We don't know what's going on with DC. I mean, I don't know. I guess if he's announced that he's healthy and ready to come back, I haven't heard it. Um, I'm kind of worried there might be an interim belt thrown in here at some point if we don't see DC by August or September. I don't know. What do you think? I feel like unless he calls Dana and says that he threw his back out again, he hurt something, that won't happen just yet. The only thing I can think of, um, I'm really trying to break it down because this has really gotten just even murkier. I would say that they are holding out for a DC Brock for, you know, September, August, 
So we already know 4th of July has sailed. The only way that we get an interim situation is if DC were to say, I'm retiring after the Brock fight. And, you know, hypothetically, John Jones beats Santos and he fights Stipe for an interim title. That's the only way I see it happening, just mm. to kind of set the UFC up for the future rather than make it a mystery after the fact. That's the only way I see an interim title. What I will say about this one, um, very bluntly, I do, oh, on the matchup, JDS takes Francis Ngannou into deep water. I think that trying to stand and bang does not end well, you know, even for a guy as powerful as JDS. Yeah. Uh, perfect world, I would agree with you. Title shot, for sure. The weight is making me nervous because I really do feel like they're going to try to pull something after 4th of July with uh, John Jones and moving up after they he kind of made noise with Stipe. Uh-huh. The, only, the only thing I think of, though, is that if, assuming John is staying at 205, I'd say the ship has sailed for Stipe. I don't see him getting an immediate title shot. I don't even like the idea of him at this stage being the quote-unquote backup fighter for a Brock DC situation when if and when they fight. Just the absence to me has kind of soured it. And look, I get it. He's trying to, you know, get the big fight for himself and all that. But at this point, it's the ship has sailed and it's almost starting to feel uncomfortable him pushing to wait for it. And at least in my opinion. Yeah. So I would rather him come back, remind people he's a force. I just every indication we've gotten seems to feel like that's just not in his plans unless it's a John Jones or DC. So at this point, it's like, look, if Ngannou and JDS are throwing down and they're ready, they're the ones who deserve to be the backup or to get the fight at this point because they're the ones showing up. I'm more hyped up for them, you know, easily despite Stipe's history than I am for the former champ right now because of that. So I would say that unless there's some kind of out of left field interim with John Jones, Stipe, JDS and Ganu is next for the title. And I think that, you know, they're going to put pressure like DC, either come get some or ride off into the sunset like you've earned, but you got to pick one um, because we're waiting for it. I think that's how it's going to look at the end of it. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And, and definitely let's get the ball rolling. And, and I like I like what you're saying about JDS and Ganu um, facing, you know, if if DC falls out of the Brock-DC fight, Man, imagine Nganu Brock. That would be crazy. Ooh. <laughs> I, I like where your head's at. Yeah. All right. See, instead <laughs> of giving up all those title shots, this is the ideas I need from you, Natalie. No, <laughs> they should get a title shot, too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah do, do you want to bring Mighty Mouse? Let him fight for the title again? I would, I would like That's to fight Brock for the who's, title. Who's, Who's been losing a lot? Do you want them to have a title shot? Something like that? I want Ronda Rousey to fight Brock Lesnar for the UFC Heavyweight Championship. Only if they have their WWE friends in the cage at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) No, but um, good stuff. Good stuff. They're going to... They have WrestleMania this week too, right? Yeah, they do. I'm going to watch it. I'm excited. I mean, I want to see DC just kind of call out Brock in the WWE. Like, come on, make something happen. So I haven't been following. Is that a rumor? Because I've been thinking in my head that would be great. But I don't know if that's actually like something that's been in the rumor mill. I feel 
get long enough that WWE would allow it personally. That would be amazing. And so smart. They should do it. Because you know Brock's going to go back to your Of course. Thing. As soon as WrestleMania is over, they're going to announce like his return date, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm hoping, but <sighs> wait and see, as always. Moving on, in the welterweight division, Jorge Masvidal is hoping to give away another Happy Meal. He has been, <laughs> he has verbally agreed to fight Ben Askren at the same card on 4th of July, well, July 6th, the 4th of July card. And look, Leon Edwards looked like he might have stolen Askren's thunder and maybe gotten in there. UFC is electing to go with this one. Um, I like it. I actually feel like Jorge Masvidal, he's very similar to a Robbie Lawler, just maybe doesn't have the reputation. This guy can stand and bang. He's a well-rounded, well-rounded fighter. He's a conditioned athlete. He's a veteran of the sport. And he does have all the skills to really push Ben Askren to the limit. And really for Ben, it's kind of like, hey, you know, you are now consistently fighting these guys who can do a bit of everything, who are dangerous, who have the experience, who are, you know, athletic and powerful. I think that this is another good fight. What about you? Yeah, I, I'm, I think it is a great fight. I'm First, I'm glad, really glad that the... Um that Masvidal didn't get saddled with fighting Leon Edwards. I think the UFC wisely saw past, you know, the now infamous interaction and gave Masvidal a proper big name fight. But as far as competition, I don't see Askren withstanding an attack from Masvidal, um, similar to how he didn't really withstand Robbie's attack, you know, except Mm -hmm. how it ended at the end. Askren to me looked like Will Ferrell in there against Robbie Lawler, Mm -hmm. like, he just, God love the, the guy. It's just the dad bod, right? The dad bod. That physique is just, uh, physique is not even the right word. Yeah, dad it doesn't bod. doesn't make sense. And the hair. And it's like, you know, when Will Ferrell in that movie Old yeah. School goes streaking, that's what I think of when, that's what I was thinking of when Will Ferrell, when, um, now I'm calling him Will Ferrell, when Ben Askren was in the <laughs> octagon with Robbie Lawler. So I know he's an amazing wrestler, obviously, but, but now that I have a better understanding of Masvidal as a man, and as a fighter, he's really not the kind of person you want to barrage with trash talk. Um, it won't work. And right now, between the two, Masvidal is the superior MMA fighter, like like you were you were talking about. He wins this. And and here, wait for it. I think you know what I'm about to say. He- you are not about <laughs> to do that. No. Um, so so I, I think he should get the winner of Tyron Colby. So okay. assuming that they ever put that fight together. Uh, and if I missed that announcement, then. I'm in, I'm a dork, but, uh, but I don't I know. If I... Tyron and Robbie. Oh yeah, Tyron and Robbie. Sorry. Well, see now. Yeah, I don't know why I had thought Colby, Tyron and Robbie. Yeah, he should. Because get... we want to see Tyron and Colby fight like we all. Yeah, we want to see Tyron right? and Colby fight like we all do. But so is Colby for sure fighting Usman? Is that announced? Is that? Uh, I mean, books? with these bookings, I can't imagine how it's not. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to see it not happening. I think the only thing we're waiting on is. Uh, I'm assuming if they don't do like a because they always do like a September in Vegas they do like one in LA and um, I don't know they might bring that one to the August pay-per-view if they do end up doing um, in uh, the Middle East for Habib like they're discussing in the news so I think that that's probably when we'll see that fight and so it's just far enough that they haven't announced it yet but I'm assuming August for Kamaru Colby. 
in, okay. in, yeah. for my money. Then, uh, you know, Masvidal, <laughs> yeah, Masvidal should get Tyron Robbie, and, and it would be nice if they put Tyron Robbie on that same Masvidal, on that same um, Usman Colby card, if that if that ends up happening soon. We'll this see. is the, no, I got to cheat a little bit. Jorge, he, he doesn't tra- train with Robbie Lawler, right? I've, they're both at ATT. Well, no, because because yeah. yeah, they're Robbie, both there, but I guess no, yeah. I guess they don't. That's another one I got to double check. It's like, wait, how cool are these guys? Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I forgot all about that because Robbie, Colby, wait, does Robbie still train at ATT or he did? Why do I think he moves to a different gym in Florida? Because there's like five five gyms out there. <laughs> they all yeah. do that occasionally. Like I think he's at, is he at Hard Knocks now. I don't for know. a minute. Yeah. So uh, I want to double check that because I don't know if they have a friendship or beef um, or, you know, just how cool they are with each other about fighting each other. So I want to double check that. But I'm with you. I think that that makes a lot of sense for Jorge Masvidal. If you're uh, Ben Askren, um, I'd like to remind you, don't judge a book by its cover. You yeah, know, that's not what we do. I mean, there are many guys who have, you know, Michelle Watterson is great proof. I'd like to remind you. Yeah. But um, I think that, uh, oh, man, with welterweight, because I feel like you have to give him someone like a Ponzinibbio or someone like that, but they're just not on the board. You know, it, it really depends on how far they're going to go. And if you're Ben and if you're Tyron Woodley, if you come off a win, who who takes the step forward toward the title? And I think that's what it's going to come down to. So there are options. I just don't know how far either of them can go without fighting each other. And it's kind of like, well, who deserves the big fight that's the number one contender fight now? I think that's what it keeps coming down to w- between Ben and Tyron. But look, they're doing the Helwani show together. They're clearly all right with each other. So I, know, I think they'll figure it out. But I don't know if title shot is there just yet either. Yeah. So that's going to wait and see. I know I say that a lot, but guys, it's just true. If, they, <laughs> if, it, if it was straightforward, I would tell you, yes, give them a title fight. It's, you know, stop talking to me about anything else. It's complicated right now. That's the problem. Uh, moving on, this one, a little bit of a more straightforward storyline. Gegard Musasi versus Rafael Lovato Jr. has been rebooked for London in Bellator on June 22nd. Remember, they were supposed to fight in January at the Fedor Ryan Bader card, but Gegard uh, injured his back, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Natalie, Gegard Musasi, um, eight-fight win streak with names over guys like Tiago Santos, with names like Alexander Shlomenko, Rafael Carvalho. This guy has been putting in work. Lovato Jr., 9-0, undefeated in his career, but obviously so much experience and hype is on Gegard Mousasi. Um, it's going to be a David versus Goliath. It's going to be an epic upset if he can get the win over Gegard. Um, to add a little bit of a wrinkle to the storyline, Musasi said that he has been considering retirement at the end of his deal, which means that this could be number three of you know his final fights. He's only going to have two left after this one if he holds to that. So we might be seeing one of the last few big performances out of Gegard Musasi. Tossing it to you, what do you think about this news and this fight? 
Yeah, it's a strong matchup. Um, it's definitely going to be, you know, more of a challenge than, than, than Rory was knowing that he already has retirement in view though. I, I expect maybe he'll want to pursue strong finishes. At least that's what I hope anyway. Can't complain about this fight. Um, and then the card, you know, adding Daly, uh, uh, Paul Daly and Gallagher in London, it makes it a pretty exciting card. So I don't have much more to add there, but it should be a good fight. Yeah, Gegard is, in a, is an <laughs> impressive specimen, so anytime you get to see him fight, it's a, it's a hoot for sure. You know, let me ask you this question, because a lot of people say that, I guess, for as much hype as there is around guys like Robert Whitaker, Yoel Romero, do you think that Gegard Mousasi is the best middleweight in MMA right now? No, I don't. I really don't. He looks like he should be like just the look of him. It's like this guy has what has the physique of someone who is just the highest quality fighter. But but I don't think so. I think that Whitaker is is a better fighter than than Musasi. I feel like Whitaker has more physical gifts. I don't know if he has the ground game. I, I very few people do respectfully. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the athleticism, the power for the skills, Robert Whitaker is no slouch. But that's kind of been like the kind of split is that there was so much going on that Gegard Musasi kind of elected to take his paycheck now and let go of the, uh, you know, like trying to be the man in UFC because it was going to be a long time before he got a title shot. I mean, look at it now. Robert Whitaker still only has one title defense. So yeah, true. Maybe in hindsight, his decision really does look brilliant right about now. Um, I would say, I think that for me, ah, man, you look at the record, it's hard to dispute it because of the level of opposition also. But I feel like if you're Robert Whitaker and you turn away an Adesanya or a Gastelum, that's still a huge feather in your cap also. So, you know, I, I guess my biggest thing that I'm coming down to is I wish he had fought these top three guys, the Romeros, the Rockholds, the Whitakers, before he left. That would make this less of a debate. Yeah. And, and that's really what I just keep coming down to because I do think that he is that good. I think that if he were to come back to UFC, he's an immediate title contender. He's a top three guy without question. So that's really the tough thing for it. But going back to my point, it means that this is an epic fight for uh, Lovato Jr. to get the victory in. <clears throat> Can he put it together? That's going to be the real question. And, you know, look, it's in Europe. Obviously, they, you know, they've sent them there before. They know they want to stack the London card with their talent. And I agree with you. You had Paul Daly, who I think they just said fights Eric Silva, James Gallagher. I think it's going to be good stuff coming up. Yeah, 100%. Can't complain there. And of course, you know, coming up this Saturday, we have nothing. So <laughs> it's just going to be a night off from MMA. There's obviously Bare Knuckle, Artem Lobov, Jason Knight. Um, there's, uh, of course, I think uh, not even Invicta. I think that they're just really in a holding pattern. April is going to have plenty of action. They have the uh, Alima. Rory McDonald double headliner card in yep. um, San Jose for Bellator. And in two weeks, we obviously get the big pay-per-view. Max Holloway, Dustin Poirier, Adesanya Gastelum. 
what are you most looking forward to discussing next week? I am looking forward to discussing those two fights, actually. <laughs> Probably more Holloway Poirier than Gastelum Adesanya. Because Gastelum and Adesanya, to me, are, are more such more different fighters than Holloway Poirier are. Um, and so I'm really curious. Like, to me, Max Holloway, Dustin Poirier is kind of like in Street Fighter if you fought Ken versus, versus Ryu. Like, they're so similar. Um, great stand-up. I mean, Max Holloway's better on the ground, of course. But, but uh, that's the one that I'm, I think he is. Oh my gosh! Wait, wait, no, I can't tip my hand just yet. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, I gotta say, my favorite thing is that um, your references. I didn't, I, I love it because I'm with you. It's true. Yeah, they all really like that. Um, uh, for me, I, the fight between <laughs> excuse me, the fight between Max and Dustin is so good. They're both very talented guys. They're really great. They have a lot of weapons between them. Um, that one, because it's so close, it's such a pick and fight. It kind of makes it too straightforward, in my opinion. I think that because Kelvin and Israel are such different characters, the height, the style, that one opens up for more debate because it's kind of like how will Gastelum get the job done? Or how does Israel prove that, how does Israel do to him what he's done to everybody else? I think that's just for a more fun debate because it's just such a toss-up between two great guys like Max and Dustin. There's more drama, I think, in Kelvin and Israel. So that one, for my money, is the one I'm looking forward to. But look, it's going to be a good fight. They've got a lot of good action coming up. So we will be breaking down all of that for you guys. Natalie, where can fans keep up with you to talk Street Fighter, Marvel, <laughs> BKFC, three-piece uh, combos? Where can they find you? Dollar menus, everything. Yeah, they can find <laughs> me at um, Zamudio Rama 5 on Twitter, Zamudio Rama on Instagram. And if you want to check out uh, some of the stuff I'm writing, the straightpunch.com. Uh, yeah, hit me up. Check it out. All right, guys, and you can find me anytime, Double G on TV. Just spell out the word double, and we'll be back next week.